Well, we are currently in a three-week series looking at the vision and the values of Holy Trinity. And the purpose of this is to remind us as to why we're here and also to have practical applications for us in our own walk. And so the, ser the sermon series is twofold in that. And last week, I kicked off that sermon series with, um, I think, a very important sermon to me. I referenced my brother Graham, who passed away at Christmas from cancer, and that was um, quite an emotional thing to do, but I really respected and appreciated how everyone kind of encouraged me after that. Uh, I told a story about him to kind of help us get a sense of what church should be about and, and God increasing as we decrease. But I also talked about another couple of things uh, in this season which are important for us, and they are that we'll be a church that uh, isn't embarrassed in proclaiming uh, the good news, uh, but that is done through our lives mostly and not in judgment. It's done through love, that we'd be a community that would also bind up the vulnerable and that we would love the least in our society and we would reach out to them and Rubicon will be a big part of that and that we'd be a community that celebrates and worships and that we wouldn't be inhibited and we'd be free to be ourselves in worship in this season. So those three things we, I chatted about last week, and that talk is up on our website. But this week, I'd like to just get a little bit more uh, practical and just begin to mine a bit some of the important aspects of our community and uh, draw us closer into clarity around uh, why we are here. And also, if you're visiting or new here today, uh, make that very practical for us so we can apply it to our faith wherever we are on that journey, but bring us together as a community. On Tuesday night, uh, we had a great gathering of people who are hearing about our upcoming rectory redevelopment project called Corum Deo. You might not have heard about it. Corum Deo is the Latin for the presence of God. And we've just put up planning permission to knock down the rectory and to build what I would best describe like a discipleship village, a place where people can live and work and pray and serve the community, including myself and Dillis and uh, please God, a curate and some other people who are working in the church to live on that site. And as you came in, you would have seen on the wall a practical presentation, a 3D model and the vision and the purpose and the drawings. And please do, after the service, have a look at that. It's a really exciting project. The parish has raised and has funds for about four and a half million for that. And we have a short deficit, but not, not much. But I would love you to be praying about it, but also please do look at it. Even if you're just visiting, uh, I'd love you to know. And there'll be lots more uh, to come on that because we're just in the planning phase. So we'd love you to be praying. But I, I bring that up because I want to bring it to your attention, but also something happened uh, on that Tuesday which um, if you're a teacher or you are in business, I'm sure this has happened to you, but we were setting up for the meeting and we had the room set up and Jacob, our buildings manager and also the caretaker up in KPS had set up the room, it looked great. And we had this projector set up so we could show everyone the visuals and the projector was our old projector. And we had one of those moments where um, the visuals were up on the screen, but the projector was so rubbish, there was no, no one could see the images. And so we were all sitting there, and no one was saying they couldn't see the images. It was so Irish. 
uh, just sitting there looking at going, uh, yes, okay, are you going to say it or am I going to say it? And then Jacob, of course, being Jacob, and I was chatting to him, um, he just said to me, or I said to him, no one can see that, can they? And uh, said, no, let's change the projector. So we changed the projector, and here's our new projector now, and there was just lovely clarity uh, where people could actually see the presentation, understand it, and buy into it and be excited by it. And that's a very important aspect, whether in business or in school or in your lives. Clarity is, is very, very important. And oftentimes, life can be the opposite to that. We, we don't have clarity, and I'll talk about that in a second. But clarity is very, very important. And I, I heard a story during the week of, of how we can view clarity. It's a parable, a, a business parable, of three, three, uh, this man who was walking through the desert, or it was on a hot day, it doesn't really matter where it was, and he saw three people, and they were making bricks. And he stopped, and he said to the first guy, he said, uh, you know, what are you doing? And he said, uh, oh, I'm, I'm making bricks. He goes, okay, that's good. He goes on to the second guy, and he says, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm building a wall. And then he says to the third guy, what are you doing? He says, I'm building a huge cathedral. And so the three of them were making bricks, and each of those parts of the process was very, very important, whether they're making the bricks or building the wall or the cathedral. But the purpose of the parable was that the man then got them to talk to each other about the various aspects of what they were doing. Now, in, in church, we all have different roles and different parts that we play, but it's very important sometimes to talk about the cathedral and to talk about why we are here and to talk about what God is putting on our hearts as a community. Whatever age you are, if this is your first time or your second time or you've been here uh, for many years, clarity is so important. We need to change the projector from uh, not being able to see so that we can see together. One of my life mottos, and Ingrid in the office will, will know about this, is uh, people thrive in clarity. People thrive in clarity. And Marcus Buckingham, uh, a famous author on leadership, you might have heard about him, he said, clarity is the preoccupation of the effective leader. If you do nothing else as a leader, be clear. And that's very important that we, we do need to have a focus as to why we're here and remind us. And Jesus was constantly doing that when he was referencing the kingdom of God, serving the poor, the establishment of the church. He was constantly changing the projector, if you like. He was focusing in on why it is that we're here. And I aim to do that, and that's one of my, my primary jobs, if you like, as the leader of the church, all three services, do, do my best in that. But I don't have all the answers. Um, and that's probably, that's probably good, because whether you're building blocks or making bricks or whether you're building a wall or you have this image of the cathedral, um, each person will have different parts to play in us and for us as a community. Because there's another term which uh, is equally as important as clarity, and it's something that I learned when I used to be uh, working in business myself many years ago, uh, in order to get to clarity, you have to go through, which is something which is very difficult, is the tunnel of confusion. Sounds very spooky and weird, the tunnel of confusion. 
The tunnel of confusion is basically the process of going uh, through anything in life to get clarity. And most of us want to get to the place where things are clear. Most of us want to just swap out the projector and get to that point. But there are two things which are really important in a church, especially, or in a school, or in the workplace, or as a family, as a parent, as a youth leader, whatever you are. As we journey through the, the confusing things in, in vision and the confusing things in life and, and the lack of clarity and go through this tunnel of confusion, there are two things which are really important uh, for us and for you, and that is uh, that we be a community who listens till we glisten. It's a phrase I heard years ago, listen till we glisten, and there were actually a community. You'll remember that one, won't you? Listen till you glisten. List, be a community that actually really listens to each other. Not just, how you doing, good to see you, but listen to each other and actually understand each other and be a community that has time for each other to listen. Because when you really listen, there's something beautiful that glistens in knowing the other and hearing from the other. And then secondly, a really important aspect, which is probably quite complex, is again a thing that I remember hearing and constantly try to put into practice, but that in times of confusion, what's really important is that we team the horses. And what does that mean? That we be a community, that we bring the people together who are making the bricks, and we bring the people together who are building the wall, and we bring the people together who have the cathedral vision. We bring together people and team them with one vision for what we're doing. Because if you've ever seen a horse on its own, it's great and it runs and it has freedom. But if you ever tried to team horses or actually get them to work together, like in a, an old carriageway from the Wild West, when they stop pulling against each other and they begin to work together, that's where you get clarity and that's where you really begin to move. And I think many of us are different places in Holy Trinity and many of us are on different parts of the journey. Some of us are, 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 are in, in different stages of life and understanding and that's, that's okay because we do, we do this together, whether building bricks or building walls or have a bigger vision. And so why, why do I tell you all this is the beginning? Because I think it's always important to remind ourselves that we're invited in uh, to God's plan and God's vision, that we're invited in as a community, and that church should be a place where we are not individuals, but we are a community, and that we do listen to each other, and we do group together, and that we do uh, have this sense of common purpose. You see, Jesus invites us all into this vision, no matter where we are at on that stage of journey. Thirteen times Paul uses the term fellow workers in his epistles. The word is synergis or synogos in Greek, for which the word synergy comes from. And Paul was constantly working against the culture of the day which was about building individual empires. Let the brick builders do their thing. Let the wall builders do their thing. Let the cathedral builders do their thing. But the church is meant to be when those groups come together. Like that team of horses, they come together with a common purpose. And when they did that after the resurrection of Jesus when the diverse people, women and men of different ethnicities and backgrounds came together, 
That was the explosion of the kingdom. And so Paul was constantly reminding them of this synergos, this synergy that you are a body and that you are a family. And so that's really important that you hear that wherever you are in that journey of faith or whatever you're hearing me saying, really listen to that, that you are, you are you're part of something here. Whether you just see bricks or whether you see the wall or whether you see the cathedral, whether you're even in a stage of life where you're just about making it on Sundays or that you're on fire for God, together we're meant to team uh, and be a body. And I, want, I just wrote out this, this paragraph to help us understand what that actually looks like for us in Holy Trinity, being a body and being a family. And I wanted to read it out to you. It's the best way that I have to be clear and remind us of who it is we are and how we're being called into this, this family, this, this, this body. Our church isn't an exclusive club that's uniform. It's a gathering of wonderfully and sometimes irritatingly diverse brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, mothers and fathers, grandmas, one-year-olds and 101-year-olds, a dysfunctional family at times, but a family nonetheless. And family stays together, family works together. When one member is weak, the other lifts them up. When another is difficult, the other confronts them. When another is leading, the others join in, support, pray, and cheer them on. Wherever you work or don't, whatever age you are, man or woman, without you, our church is missing an eye or an ear or a hand. Without you, the church is not whole. Each of us is made in the image of God. And as we live in community with one another, we grow in knowledge and experience of God by actively being with others who bear this image. As we learn from and rub off on one another, we become better, whether in the local school, whether in the workplace, whether living in Dublin 6 or beyond, whether a student or whether young, you are Christ-like. And ultimately, the vision of God is best made and lived out through you. Our community in Holy Trinity has particular values and a vision as to how God is calling us to grow at this vision of God is giving us into experience as a family. But as a body, we are called to be clear and remind each other of this. And I say that, I wanted to write it down so you really hear it, listen till you glisten. That's when the, the church becomes really, really exciting when you find your place, whether making a brick or building a wall or seeing the cathedral. And the Bible talks a lot about this constantly, about reminding each other as to why we're here. We see it in Ephesians 1.18. I think that's a, a slide, Ella. Um, in 1.18, Paul is constantly, if you like, reminding the body to move the projector, to stay focused. Keep your eyes focused and clear focused and clear so that you can all see exactly what it is he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life he has for us. And then Peter says it as well, and we see it with Peter's church. I will remind you of these things, even though you know them and are really getting along quite well, 
I think it is right to refresh your memory. And in a busy life, with so much distractions and so much going on, just and we need to be reminded constantly of, of what it is and why we are here. And that's the point of a leader and a point of what Jesus did constantly to his disciples. And so for some of you who are here and some of you who have been here for a long time or just arrived, there's a lot of the journey that people don't know. There's a lot of the vision of Holy Trinity that uh, a lot of people ask me questions. For example, this congregation and this service here came into being nine years ago as a church plant. And it came in, into this church where they had asked us to start something new. And we are the first of our kind in the Church of Ireland to be doing a new church plant in an old building. And that's very exciting. That's the cathedral vision, if you like. But do you actually see yourself as a part of that? Do you actually see yourself as a brick builder, a wall builder, or, or seeing the vision? And that's an important question to ask ourselves because God brings us into that place. And we, we have these five values which are part of uh, what our church is about. And I want to remind us of them today in this point of trying to bring clarity. God gave us this scripture from Ezekiel 17 when we started the church. It says, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will take a shoot from the very top of a cedar and plant it. I will break off a tender sprig from its topmost shoots and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain heights I will plant this tree, it will produce branches and bear fruit and become a splendid cedar tree. Birds of every kind will nest in it. They will find shelter in the shade of its branches. You might not have heard that scripture or you might have forgotten that scripture, but that is a bedrock vision statement for our church. It's meant to be a place that flourishes, a place where everyone is welcome, a place where people find shelter and I, I, I think that's a really important reminder for us in bringing clarity as to what God is calling us into. Because vision leaks and we do constantly forget as to why we are here. Like if I said to us, and again, some people are, are here visiting or some people are just coming, but if I said to you, what are the values of Holy Trinity? How does this vision work itself out? Would you even know them? Would you even have a sense of what they are? Have you listened to them? Have you mined them? Have you challenged them? Have you processed them? Have you disagreed with them? Because they are the, the bedrock statements of why we're here. There's five of them, and I want to remind us as we go into communion. This first value that we would be sustained by the love of God. This image which is all around us in Holy Trinity, the image of a tree. That's why Jacob painted the front door green, that we're a community that, that grows in this image of being this tree from Ezekiel, works itself out in these five values. That we would be sustained by the love of God. That the gospel and the word of Jesus would be at the very center of who we are and what we do. That we would be a community that reaches out. That we are one body 
with many diverse parts, but linked together by Jesus, that were old and new, and that we would serve the city and be part of an ecosystem of those doing the same in the city. But can, I just, can I just move this to one side for a moment and just ask us honestly, where are we at as a community with these values? And I can sense even looking out as I'm communicating, you know, just a, a disconnect. That's okay. That's why I'm doing this talk. That's why I'm reminding us of why we're here. Because God started Holy Trinity. You're here for a reason. And that's really important to ask yourself the question, even if you're just dabbling or if you're fully involved. Because if church is just going through the motions or if it is just like a club, or if it is just a, something that's written in five values, without us really, really getting excited by that, I think there's something that we're missing. And that's why Jesus constantly was talking about why he was here and what he was doing. He didn't really care what people thought about him. He constantly was bringing clarity as to the why, changing the projector, if you like. And so when you see those values, whether hearing them for the first time or hearing them uh, for many, many times, how are they working out for you? They're working out in our Sunday services. They're working out in our various ministries. They're even working out in our primary school. They're working out uh, in many, many different ways. But how are you sustained by God's love? And how are you reaching out? And how do you appreciate the diversity around you and see them as your brothers and sisters? How do you have this idea of loving the city? And this is a really challenging one, and I think we need to work on it. The traditional congregation, how many of us at the 11.30 see them as part of one parish? And equally vice versa. That is a real challenge. If this is to flourish and this is to really grow, that, that is something we need to ask ourselves. What does that look like? A really important uh, question for us. And as we go in to communion and this, this talk of, of clarity, I want to leave you with an image as we begin to break bread together and begin to have some time of reflecting on this vision and reflecting on these values and wherever, whether we're building bricks or building a wall or we see this bigger vision. I want to leave us with um, a story of, of, of someone really important in the Bible. And last week I spoke about Samuel and uh, he's a great mentor of mine, Samuel, the man who chose David from the Old Testament. I want to um, leave you with the story of Joshua. And Joshua, you all know him. You have heard the story of Joshua. You've heard about who he was from the Old Testament. You might know a lot about him or a little bit about him. But Joshua came to this point in his leadership trajectory or in his life. And he had taken over from Moses, and he had great promises over his life, and he had a great sense of expectation. And so he crossed the River Jordan, and he went into the promised land that God had said he would enter. 
and he found himself receiving the praise and the affirmation of the people and he found himself in a good place. And then God called the people together and Joshua. And he said, you see that city over there? It's called Jericho. I'm asking you to, to, to take on that city. I'm asking you to, to, to go and take on that city. And when they had seen the city, I'm loving how the sunlight's just shining through for the story. It's great. But as, as they saw that city, Jericho, it was impossible to actually uh, take over. It was a walled city. Uh, they would have had weapons. They would have had uh, various things to stop them even thinking about conquering it. And so Joshua would have said, okay, how are we going to have the conquest of this city and how are we going to uh, take this city? And he went and he, he met with God and God said, I want you to, to take this city in a very different way to how cities would have been taken back then. Not, not uh, in, in a violent way, but I want you to go out, spend some time praying, and I want you to march around the city. We all know this story, we've heard of it. I want you to march around the city. But I don't just want you to do it once. I don't just want you to do it twice. I don't just want you to do it three times. I don't just want you to do it four times. I don't just want you to do it five times. I don't just want you to do it six times. I want you to do it seven times. And then on the seventh day, I want you to do seven times on that day. Now, can you imagine how they felt and how insecure they would have felt, how foolish they would have felt, how stupid they would have felt? But, but God was doing two things here. The first was bringing them together with a common vision. In the walking, have you ever done a walk or the Camino of the mountains? When you're walking with people, you listen to them. The listening and the glistening, the teeming happens. And you walk with a common purpose. And so God was bringing them together with a common vision. But then also on the seventh day, after marching around seven times, they worshipped and they praised. And what happened? The walls came down. And the word Jericho, I wish Judy was here, she'd, she'd know more, but the word Jericho means praise and worship and joy. And so in this story of a group of individuals, if you like, coming together with a common purpose, being fools, looking stupid, being silly, whatever it was that they felt, they had this common purpose to march. And I, I think in this season, if, if, I, if, I'm, if, I, if I, I just want to say it, that, that there's risks to be taken and there's challenges to be met as God calls us out to march wherever that is and whatever that looks like. Because if Joshua stayed in that safe place, there never would have been joy and worship released into the land. And that's the primary function and purpose of what the church is meant to be, a releaser of joy and worship and praise into the land, even if she looks foolish, even if you, you, you don't even feel it, meant to walk together in this common purpose and common vision. And so I'd like us to move into communion in just thinking about the vision of our church and thinking about our lives, even thinking about practically about what it means for us to step out and, and walk out in this season. Wherever you are on that 
trajectory of faith. As I said in the beginning, whether making the little bricks or seeing the wall or having this big vision, I really want you to hear that there has to be a more sense of unity and, and purpose in that in this next season. And so if you guys could come back up, we're going to break bread together and we're going to have a time of thinking about uh, stepping out, a time of thinking about um, God calling us into a, this, this season together of a body and a family. Um, if you could put those values back up, Ella, that would be great. I'd love you as the guys get set up just to read them and to, even for the first time, if you can't see from the back, move up the front. And so as Scott plays, I'm just going to lead us into communion, which is, if you like, like an invitation uh, to step out, an invitation to come together in this season even more uh, as a body and as a family in Holy Trinity.